Happy New Year, healthy listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast from Body and Soul with me, your host, Felicity Harley. Now, you know, I know, we all know that our relationships are the cornerstone to well-being. So why is it so freaking hard to make new friends when we're all grown up? It was so easy when we were kids. Dr. Ali Walker is a human connection scientist, a best-selling author and TEDx speaker. She has a new book out called Click or Clash, and she's going to take us through how to make new friends now that we're adults. Now, we keep our healthish episodes quite short. So if you want to hear Ali chat more about connection and relationships, she talks about how to work out your connection type. Just search for Extra Healthyish wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Healthy Ish and well done on your new book. Oh, thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here talking to you today. Now, I want to talk about making friends as an adult. Well, I mean, I just, and you talk about this in your book, you go back to, it was so easy when we were kids and I watch my own kids and they just make friends in an instant. Why is it so much harder when we're adults? When you're a child, you're much less likely to be crippled by vulnerability or awkwardness. So the the awkwardometer for children, I think, is is a lot less relevant than it is for us in, as adults. So as adults, it's almost like we've developed these layers of self consciousness, and we're less likely to be as forthcoming. So what I'm what I guess my message to everyone today is: yes, you're going to feel vulnerable making friends as an adult, and the reason it might feel harder to make friends as an adult is because when you're a child, you weren't as accustomed to judging vulnerability or making making calculated decisions around avoiding vulnerability. So I tell a story in my book of how I, well, cemented my best friendship with my best friend. We've been friends since we were in year seven, so since we were 12. And uh, there was a moment where we were walking to the train station from school together And I turned to her and at that time I had my period. Now, this was a big deal for girls in year seven, whether you did, whether you didn't, no one talked about it. And uh, so she and I had, we'd we'd been developing this friendship for a few months. We've been at netball training or something. And I turned to her as we're walking along and I said, do you have your period? And this was a huge question for me to ask her, high intensity question. And, you know, she could have deflected it. She could have kind of come back to me and say, said, why do you? It was very exposing for her, really, uh, to, to be asked that question. And she said, yes, do you? And it was almost like in that moment I decided we were going to be friends forever because she had shared her vulnerability with me. And uh, I say in the book, if you're an adult, don't necessarily think that asking someone a hugely personal question <laughs> is a way to make a best friend. But exactly. So we we that's another thing that I, I think. So in addition to the vulnerability aspect, there's this sense of of heightened sensitivity. We don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. Children are much more able to just ask things off the cuff or say things as they, they're much more honest, really. And as we get older, we engage in a lot more. What's called in human dynamics is this idea of status management. Status management is always we're very aware of how other people are feeling, what our role is in the situation, politeness, etiquette, manners, that kind of thing, what's appropriate, what's not. Children are much more raw 
They're not worried about status management. And that's often why their relationships are so much more successful in the beginning and actually over time because they say, that was really mean or that really hurt my feelings. The person says, oh, I didn't mean to, sorry. Or, you know, they cry. They say that that really hurt. And then it's much more spontaneous and open as a child when you're making those friendships. Another story I tell in the book is um, when I was in year one, I'm, by the way, I'm totally embarrassed by this story. Um, I, we were playing Rainbow Bright. There's a, there was a cartoon in the 1980s, uh, Rainbow Bright. That? I loved it. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I, I decided that it would be a really fun game to play. And I also decided I would be Rainbow Bright. Like I'm so embarrassed, but that I was in you, I was six years old and, um, I came down to recess one day and they were already playing the game with someone else as Rainbow Bright. And I was outraged. <laughs> you, know, you can't play Rainbow Bright without me. I'm Rainbow Bright. And then someone turned to me and said, no, you don't always get to be Rainbow Bright. You're the horse. You can be the horse. And again, that's another reason why children's friendships seem so much more effortless because they just say what they think. So to your question, like how do we do that? How do we navigate this as adults? I really want, and I've I've gone through this myself over the past year because we moved areas. So still in Sydney, but we moved from, you know, about half an hour away. So it wasn't like I, I, I had to really develop some new friendships. And I guess it's a lot easier when you have children at a school because it's almost like this forced community. But absolutely, you've got to put yourself out there and, you know, stick around. So say you're at a school pickup or say you're at work and it's about making that eye contact and following that smile and turning that that eye contact and that smile into curious questions, not do you have your period? <laughs> I got, that's not going to be a great one, but just, but I guess the adult version of a curious question, like, so um, uh, how long have you been working here? And, you know, and we start at that mid intensity level and then everyone also remember everyone wants a friend. Mm -hmm. That's what makes me feel um, much more confident because I've done the research and I know that the belonging and relatedness are our greatest psychological need. Okay. So it's almost like if you're looking at everyone else sitting in a restaurant, just assume everyone else is as hungry as you. Yes. So if you're looking around at adult people in a workplace or in a social situation, everybody's feeling the same amount of vulnerability and self-consciousness as you. And everybody wants to relate in a way that's comfortable. And, and so we've got these universal forms of human connection, storytelling, self-deprecation, using humor, all of those things, they go through from childhood through to the day we die because they are universal forms of human connection. So have the confidence to know that everybody else is feeling the same way as you and they want to also make friends. But there's going to be a point where you're going to have to run a bit of a gauntlet and take a leap and say something like the equivalent of do you have your period, but it's going to be something like, and this happened to me recently and I could see that someone was running the gauntlet with me and she said, because we live sort of close to each other, but I met her in a professional setting and she said, oh, it'd be really nice to maybe go for a walk one day or maybe go for a coffee. And right then, both of, in that moment, we were both in kindergarten again and I could see. And so if you can see someone's doing that with you, reach out and grab them and say, like, you know, in that human moment, we are together in this moment. I said, that would be amazing. And in fact, happy end of the story, we had a coffee this morning, our first ever coffee. Um, and and so I feel like I've just made an, a friend as an adult. So really just know it's that confidence of everyone wants relatedness, everyone's feeling vulnerable and self-conscious. Um, ask some curious questions. If you can feel that the conversation's easy and animated and comfortable, absolutely 
extend that olive branch, that gesture, and and take the emotional micro risk because it will pay off and probably give you extra years of life. Yeah, absolutely. Ali, wonderful answer. You just summed it all up there. Take the risk, have confidence, and just do it. Thank you for coming on Healthy-ish. Thanks for having me. Dr. Ali Walker's book, Click or Clash, is out now. And also, we have plenty of other episodes of Healthy-ish or Extra Healthy-ish, which will inspire you to deepen the relationships with those around you. You can also head to bodyandsoul.com.au, find us on social media, or you can rate, review and subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friend. And until tomorrow, stay healthy-ish. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winger? <laughs> <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. <laughs> Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. 